30, 35, 40, he's the midfield, and they'll never catch The Show Me Your News Network proudly presents Down the Sidelines. And now, representing the Michigan Wolverines and the West Virginia Mountaineers, you may know them as Yoko and I'm a Beast, it's Peter Spasia and Joel Orndorff. Welcome back to the Gridiron. I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. And Down the Sidelines is the sports podcast that debates and predicts the latest in the athletic world. We are part of the Show Me Your News Network, and this is the 72nd episode of the podcast on September 25th, 2014. The number 72 belongs to Carlton Fisk, the catcher most known for waving the ball around the pole. Played for the Boston Red Sox. Uh, was yeah. nicknamed Pudge. So if you thought that nickname first belonged to Alex Rodriguez, not Alex Rodriguez, <laughs> oh, so many Rodriguez, Ivan Rodriguez, Pudge mm. Rodriguez. If you thought he had it first, you'd be wrong. So go figure. Joel, how are you this week? I'm doing all right. Uh, I think I finally recovered from that, that crazy game this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was pretty good for about three quarters, um, and like I was with my one friend, and uh, she started to get the hiccups uh, like at the start of the fourth quarter, and it seemed like as soon as they started, it just the game went downhill from there. Clearly, that correlation <laughs> equals causation. She had hiccups for like three hours straight. I can't even imagine. Mm. Yeah, so that, that's rough. As to what gave her hiccups. Well, <laughs> something in those those Sooners must have must have done it. But it was fun. Uh, so absolutely sold out. Stadium was packed. Uh, I still think that the Gold Rush looks better at night than I think the straight straight the stadium thing looks fine in the daytime. But what stinks is the the Gold Rush is next weekend. I think for homecoming mm. and it's against Kansas, so it's obviously going to be during the day. So. Right. Uh, what can you do? I mean, most stadiums usually look better at night anyway. Yeah. Well, let's get into the quick hits before we break down last week's football games, both collegiate and professional. Mm-hmm. And then we'll uh, give our predictive spin on things as we try to pick games against the spread. We start with the NFL, and uh, the, the public relations crisis continues. Mm-hmm. As Roger Goodell had his press conference, it was about a week ago now, it was last Friday, he called the press conference, and then he ended up being like 16 minutes late to it. And we're texting each other back and forth as this happened. Like, yeah. you know, this should be interesting to hear him speak. Wait, he's late. How is he this late? You called this show. Like, what are you doing, Roger Goodell? Oh man, and it was like it was interesting because it was. Uh, I was up in Waynesburg helping my aunt, and um, she had the she had like a news like a local news channel on and they did like a special this is a special report yeah like breaking news kind of thing and they're sitting there and they're talking they're like we're gonna cut to him now i mean oh oh okay uh i have to fill time some more <laughs> i'm like um is this gonna like i'm actually gonna get to see this and like, i got to i got to watch a little bit beforehand but i, I rewatched it obviously um and there's a lot of people criticizing it, and I think for good reason. Well, I mean, he called a press conference, and then he essentially answered nothing directly. Mm-hmm. Oh, there are plans in place. We must get our house in order. 
Uh, we need to get this right. Different little catchphrases. And then apparently uh, there was a report, I think, on Deadspin, how the strategist who essentially helped write the speech and you know coined the phrase like, get this house in order, was the same kind of person, you know, depending like climate change and death tax and all these sort of political sort of things like, oh, yeah, that's, that's the kind of person you want to associate mm -hmm. with. Um, Roger Goodell did not, you know, come out too well. Like, just reading the whole pre-made speech and not really answering anything directly mm -hmm. uh, really did not help his cause. And then when you got to the question and answer portion, and you have a reporter from TMZ saying that, you know, it took us one phone call to get that Ray Rice video. How did you not see it when you have a whole security team? And he's just like, oh, I, I, I can't speak to how you got the video. I just know what we didn't see. It was one phone call. I mean, it looked pretty bad. Uh, you know, I'm glad to you know, see some of the, the female sports reporters also speaking out. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's also very effective. It was not a good day for the NFL. Then following that, you had more accusations uh, coming from it was an ESPN Outside the Lines report, mm -hmm. kind of you know, accusing the Baltimore Ravens organization of a cover-up that kind of went to the highest levels up, and in, up to and including the owner. Yeah, and then they were interviewing him. Yeah, and, and um, he had a press conference. Yeah. And he also did not do well at all. Yeah. Um, just the NFL needs to get their PR in order and you get their image in order. And, uh, it's, it's a downward trend right now. It's kind of, I don't know if amazing is the right word, but in the same time, it is kind of amazing how an organization with that much power is just doing things incorrectly time and time again. And you're even seeing ESPN with the NFL in their back pocket on how uh, Bill Simmons, who is the editor-in-chief over at Grantland, and you know, great website, but uh, Grantland and ESPN kind of have this symbiotic relationship where you know, Bill Simmons is on his podcast, and he's essentially you know, lambasting the NFL and you know, kind of criticizing them, essentially. And now ESPN has suspended him for, I believe, three weeks? Mm-hmm. For what? You know, essentially ESPN with their outside of the lines report is saying how the NFL is lying. And then Bill Simmons points out how the NFL is lying. And then now ESPN's like, whoa, whoa, whoa that's too far. <laughs> so yeah, suspend him two more weeks for, you know, compared to Stephen A. Smith, who, you know, said something to the extent of, you know, women should stop provoking men. Or it's a week longer than what the NFL gave to Ray Rice originally. Yeah. For like it's amazing what's happening. So it, maybe it is the right word. It's amazing that this is mm. happening right now to the most powerful and largest in terms of revenue generating capital, the largest sports league in the world. Wasn't there was also kind of a like an outburst during the the press conference too, right? From oh, uh, well, I mean that was uh, that was someone from the Howard Stern show. <laughs> yeah, the guy who was like, "I don't want to go back in an elevator." Yeah, he like started screaming it. Yeah, nah, it, he was trying to cause a scene for mm -hmm. for radio, and 
I'm not even just like, oh, I was behind that. Ha 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 ha. That was strange. It was a weird press conference, and it was yeah. just um, really evasive at times. And just saying, like, oh, well, there are plans in place. Well, what plans in place? It was really interesting how some people going into it, you were almost wondering, is this the time and place where Roger Goodell may say, like, he's resigning? Because, like, just calling the press conference after 10 days of silence, you know, you got to have something. You got to talk about anything and not just saying these little taglines, essentially. Yeah. But then he's asked, has he considered retiring? He's like, well, no. I'm here to do my job. Seeing all the different NFL players tweeting on ESPN's, you know, telecast of the conference, and they were simulcasting some of these live tweets from the players, and they're not buying the shtick. Mm-hmm. You know, saying like he's saying the same thing as a player who just got caught, you know, in trouble. But is he getting away with it, you know, scot free? Looks that way. It's it's amazing. Like that's that's maybe that's the right word. Maybe it is. It's we've talked about. I think things related to this more than we've talked about the actual football this season. I think that that's kind of a telling sign that there's something enormously wrong with the mm. NFL right now. It's a culture issue, absolutely, absolutely. Well, let's talk baseball though. And how about those Pittsburgh Pirates? You did it. You made it. <laughs> Not just to the, the back-to-back winning seasons, back-to-back yeah. playoff appearances. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I, I I'm might get to go to a game. Oh. So that's something to maybe look forward to. I I... I kind of had an offer for tickets, but I wasn't really... I'm still not sure about that. I got to confirm about it. So um, that would be really cool. I, I'd love to do that. That would be big, especially it looks like they're... You know, we're talking about it because, you know, this is the last week of the regular season. Mm-hmm. Teams either have, like, you know, four or five games uh, starting today until they, they wrap up their regular season. A lot of the playoff positions, or at least the teams involved in the playoffs, are in order. Yeah. The positions still have yet to be sorted out. But the yeah. Pirates, as it were, right now, uh, now they're, they're a game and a half back in the Central against the Cardinals, so mm-hmm. ground could be made up there. Mm-hmm. But they're also a game ahead. So, so it's the Pirates and the Giants right now in the wild card spot. Mm-hmm. Pirates are a game up on the Giants. So if the season ended today, you'd have the Pirates hosting that wild card single playoff game. If you had to get to that, that'd be exciting. Yeah. Of course, you would want the whole series, because didn't the Pirates lose that wild card game last year? Uh, Or did they have a series? I I thought that they... Shoot, why can't I remember? Um, I thought that they won the wild card game, but then lost. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I was like, you'd remember back Lost to St. Louis. Lost to St. Louis. Oh, okay, okay. Interesting. Well, then it's exciting that they're back this year. Uh, mm-hmm. what's, what's the kind of the feel around on Pittsburgh right now? Um, I mean, I think, I think everyone's just kind of excited to be back to that point again. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I just want to go to a game. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, That'd be really cool, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I mean, like, especially, I, I've been, you know, to a, 
again, I've never been to a game where they won either. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> sad. Yeah. Um, so I mean, that would be like even better if they if they made if I was at a playoff game and they actually won, then I think that is something that I would remember for a long time. Mm. Um, Not for sure. Yeah. So in the National League, you have that wild card matchup. If the season ended today, which again you have you know four or five games left or so, winner of that wild card game would play the Washington Nationals, who have the best record in the National League. That is surprising. Mm-hmm. Did not see that happening really. And then it's right now Cardinals and Dodgers for the the two and three. So actually the, the three and two, if I ordered that correctly, the Dodgers currently with a better record than the Cardinals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clayton Kershaw finishing off a tremendous season. Uh, last night, his last regular season pitching performance, 21 wins on the year in 27 starts. Hmm. Uh, like that hasn't been accomplished since like back in the 1800s. Yeah. So he's looking to be a lock for the NL Cy Young and, gosh, maybe MVP. Hmm. He might do that again because otherwise it'd be Giancarlo Stanton. And if Miami made the playoffs, which they're not going to, uh, if he made the playoffs, I think that would be a really strong consideration for MVP for National League. But it very well may be Kershaw. He is having one of those seasons that it feels similar to when Verlander won it for the AL MVP a couple of years yeah. ago. Um, um, with no other standouts, it's, it's looking very possible. What I'm trying to... Who was it that started the year off like really hot? I just meant like team-wise. Like, oh, uh, team? Yeah, the A's. Yeah, they like started the year off with a great record. Oh yeah, and then um, they've had everything go wrong since they traded, you know, Johannes Cespedes. Yeah, I just I, remember seeing like a freaky. bajillion stories, like biggest choke <laughs> ever. It's a lot of injuries. It's you know their biggest offensive you know producing players going very cold. I think that's another great. I think it's on Grantland as well. A really good piece about you know what has caused the A's to fall mm-hmm. from that position. Now, granted, they're they're tied with Kansas City in the wild card. Seattle's two and a half back of those two spots. They're going to be a wild card team. Yeah, it's just they had a very dominant position. And no, it's just been like the last couple of weeks, like g- leading up to this, like everyone like so. Many, I, I'm assuming like a lot of what I was reading was like local hmm. papers and stuff for them because. It was all very negative. And oh, that's for great. sure. You, yeah. you know, local was tend to be more negative about stuff. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, then again, they're the closest to it. So, yeah. uh, speaking of closest to it, as far as the local team where I live, uh, the Tr- Detroit Tigers. Uh, good that they have clinched a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. It was looking very sketchy there for a little while. Um, now, now that they're in, gotta like their chances to do. Pretty well. I don't think they're winning a World Series. I don't think they're getting to a World Series, but I could see them at least, you know, winning a first series because it's currently slated to be the Los Angeles Angels who are, have the top record. Uh, I think they're even getting close to 100 wins. Hmm. They let's see. They are at 98 and 61, so they'll hmm. likely get to 100 wins. Last few games against Seattle, and uh, that doesn't help the Mariners' chances of. You know, clawing back those games in the wild card, uh, and also Cleveland's somehow holding on, like one game away from elimination, essentially. So the Angels would be playing the winner of the wild card, which is looking to be Oakland against Kansas City. And Kansas City, great run. They've been having a much better season than expected. 
Uh, it's finally those, that young talent coming through. Detroit having the worst season than expected. I mean, Miguel Cabrera's worst you know hitting season of his career, Justin Verlander's worst pitching season of his career. It doesn't help things. But you know, you gotta like the depth of that Tigers roster as a whole when you're going in the playoffs and you're going, you know, three, maybe four man rotation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you must be doing something right when they can have off seasons and still you know, make absolutely. it. Absolutely. And right now Detroit's slated to go against Baltimore, who's at the, the two seed. Mm-hmm. And I like their chances against that. They right now lead the season series five to one. Mm. So that I I would much rather take the Baltimore draw than somehow slip to the wild card, which in these last you know four games remaining, one of them being played tonight uh, for both Detroit and Kansas City, Tigers have a two game lead in that division. Uh, you got to start locking that up. Can't slip to a wild card there and play the A's, a oh. dangerous team. Then play the Angels. No thanks. Take Baltimore, then do a long series with one of those one of those teams, probably from the AL West. I don't know. It's, it's going to be very interesting to see how it shakes down. Uh, do you have any? Because do you? Me- I'm trying to remember who your predictions were for the World Series. Because I think I said Oakland and Atlanta, and Atlanta's out of it. Uh, hmm. But I could see uh, Oakland making a deep run if things start to you know, pull together. Because they are still a good team. Yeah, it's one of those things where if you if you you know they can adjust they can adjust so much to the injuries that they have and kind of like get back to playing at least you know playing better than um, I think it's kind of all about like when those injuries hit them it's just like ah who do we put in these spots yeah what are we gonna do but I think that they've adjusted really well to it so. Mm-hmm. Um, it could have they been a total are, meltdown. And yeah, they're, no, they're definitely a team to watch Like that I think could surprise a few teams. You know what? I think you actually had the Tigers and Nationals, if I remember correctly, in the World Series. That's uh, looking pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I, yeah, because I remember the Nationals, but I couldn't remember whether or not I picked the Tigers. I think you did. And I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't jinx us. That well, should be very interesting. Well, I mean, baseball regular season, you say one thing. It's a, it's a bore to watch on TV. Yeah, you go to the ballpark, you have a great time. Fun to watch baseball. Especially when you, when you go to the game, it's awful weather, and your team loses. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a whole other thing. But playoff baseball, uh, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. That I will watch on TV, bar none, absolutely. Gosh, mm-hmm. and then you know, See, a couple more snow, weeks. Snow at any of these games. Oh, jeez, yeah. Like yeah. it did in the World Series with Colorado. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Was Colorado and the Phillies, yeah. And then in a couple weeks, you have the NHL and NBA startup. Yep. So it's an exciting time, for sure. Let's get into recapping the college football games, though. We start with Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets at Virginia Tech Hokies, minus eight. Now, the Hokies were coming off, you know, the Oof. Big win a couple weeks ago at Ohio State. Um, what happened to those Mountaineer rivals? Well, I I, I kind of think that the uh, I think they lost some confidence after after what East Carolina did, right? Um, and I don't know this. I actually I watched this game because. Um, I had uh what was it I had like the ESPN watch ESPN app That's up right, so I could just yeah. like watch a bunch of them and goal line and that kind of thing. And um it was one of those games that kept cutting back to and like I mean it was pretty pretty good they you know 
there were turnovers that went for scores. There were all kinds of crazy things happening. And at one point, it just looked like Virginia Tech locked it up like it was over. And then, like, they gave up the most ridiculous <laughs> score I've ever seen. <laughs> um, I don't know. There's, there's still – like, I think that defense is all right. Um you know they made they made Ohio State look awful. Like they made Ohio State look terrible. Yeah. Um. And we don't even know what to say about Ohio State. Like once they play some better teams, like maybe we'll figure out a little bit more. But they're playing Cincinnati this week. We're not really gonna figure anything out. <laughs> um. I don't know. It's just. Uh, I'm. I was a little surprised. I figured that they. I figured that defense was all right. I figured they had an off game. They just weren't up for that game um but it looks like uh, i don't know it's one of those things where we don't really know who that next best team is like the next best team is in that conference yeah, for the ACC, still yeah. um and we'll, well again we're gonna talk more acc later but uh we I, I don't know what to say about the acc half the time um uh, I don't know. It's such a strange conference. But yeah, Georgia Tech with the last second field goal, 27-24 final. Uh, mm-hmm. A tough loss for the Hokies, especially, yeah, as you said, coming off of East Carolina. Florida at Alabama, minus 14. It was tied up at 21 for a little while. Florida had a chance, and you know, Alabama was turning the ball over. Yeah. But, oh, man. I mean, Amari Cooper, you know, All-American right now, a wide yeah, receiver. I mean, he'll... He'll be the first receiver drafted, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I think I was thinking of that before the season started. And he, when we played him, he looked great. Um, the uh, I think that that offense is still slowly getting better. I mean, it's it's one of the top five offenses, apparently, in the country. Wow. Like, if you look at total yards, touchdowns, everything, apparently they're in the top five. Um, it's that defense that I think, like, needs to come out and play better like right off the bat if yeah. they're against some of these better because they're gonna actually start playing teams mm-hmm. like good teams in their conference um and if they want to get back to that sec title game they're they're gonna have to figure things out on the defensive side because the offense is slowly getting better i think yeah i mean you, you know you can turn the ball over however many times and i think as long as you can still win the game after that then you, you're probably doing things. You're still doing things right. You just turn the ball over. But uh, I was closer than I thought it would be. I think. Well, in the end, they they pull away. Alabama forty-two twenty-one final. So they cover those fourteen. <laughs> you know, as you say, in the SEC West, they're going to face competition. Now, a team that still has yet to test itself because you know they had a weak competition last year. But Texas A and M going to SMU plus thirty-four and a half, blow them out fifty-eight six. Wasn't close. Yeah, I mean, again. We just the SMU's program just it's like falling apart, mm. and um, so I mean that that game should have, you know, just they should have been off to the races immediately against them. Uh, yeah, and we'll figure out I think a lot more about A and M this week. Um, you know, taking that high ranking, which a lot of people don't think they deserve at all, um, because, but I think. If you watch South Carolina like more recently, I think that it 
it, it kind of makes up for that, oh, they're way over rank kind of thing. I think South Carolina is still pretty good. Mm, they could yeah. still win their conference. They could still win their division. Oh, for their sure. Conference. So but that win against Georgia really helped them, for sure. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma at West Virginia, plus seven. Yeah, they, you guys kept it close, those Mountaineers. And then fourth quarter. Turnovers, man. Th- those hiccups. Oh, Three turnovers. To take away those three turnovers, I think we win the mm, game yeah. because I think that's good for at least two touchdowns, maybe a field goal too. Yeah. When we were moving the ball, I mean, the the Sanchez, what is his name, Sanchez, cornerback uh, for um, Oklahoma. Mm. A lot of people think that he's one of the better cornerbacks in the country, and I mean, Kevin White did whatever he wanted against him. Um, so. I I think Kevin White's pretty good. Um, he's gone over 100 yards every game this season, and he went for almost 200 last week. He went for over 200 the week before. Oh. Um, I think he I think he might be right behind Cooper in the rankings. I I can't remember exactly, but and then I mean. You know, we got some other receivers. As long as they can hold on to the ball, I mean, we we've got another receiver who he rarely drops the ball, and he's I think faster than Kevin White. So wow. we just we need to get better running the ball. Obviously, uh, I think it's, we're getting closer and closer. Um, eliminate those turnovers, and you know, I knew that our defense was going to be a work in progress. I didn't think that like their freshman running back was going to go wild on us. Yeah. Yeah. And have like a fa- you know fantasy type day, but uh, hey, I mean he might be really good. We don't, I don't think, I don't think we know because <laughs> it's our defense. But um, I think, I think we're a better team than we were last year, and I think that's well, I think that, that's what I was apparent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you, you want to. <laughs> you want games to be close. You want them to be you know, competitive. Yeah. Absolutely. I, so yeah, and I had fun. It was a fun game. Oh, good. Uh, I wasn't expecting to win, and I, I think that we we played all right. So mm-hmm. forty-five, thirty-three, the final there. Clemson at Florida State minus sixteen and a half. You know, we both thought that you know with Jameis Winston out that first half. You know, Clemson might keep it pretty close. Then we find out he's suspended for the whole game. He tries to pull some stunt where he, you know, brings his, you know, pads and uniform, you know, wearing them on the sidelines. Jimbo Fish are not happy with that. <laughs> Kid just doesn't get it, it seems. Uh, and then, wow, close game going to overtime. You know, Florida State wins 23-17 with the touchdown there. But, wow, very close. And, you're, like, it's as you're saying, the ACC... You just don't know. You think Florida State's still the best team, but now it's seeming like maybe it's not as far and away as that. And then is Clemson the best team? Was it just an off day for Florida State? You know, without their yeah. Heisman winning quarterback from last year, it, it's tough to get a read on them. It's uh, I don't know. Game day was very painful to watch. How I think. So? Uh. Just bringing up the situation too much oh, and yeah. alluding to it too much. Now I know that there were especially uh, when they can't even say what yeah, he said. Yeah, there were a few people, <laughs> you know, on that are you know work on game day that that had some strong words for Winston and his actions and stuff. Mm-hmm. But still, like 
just talking about that way too. You, I mean, you've got to think that the uh, administration there is just fed up with this. Oh yeah. Like, and I'm sure that they will be happy when he goes to the NFL. Oh, absolutely. And he's done. I'm sure he's gone after this year. Like, even more so than before. Uh, regardless of what people people were saying about his maturity, he's he's going to the NFL. I mean. Florida State are they're going to help him pack his bags I'm sure by the end of the season because this is kind of getting if it wasn't out of hand already it's just it, it's getting worse everything is about him um and it's a shame that we keep getting you know people that people that win Heisman's are are like this um mm. more recently now um the more media it, coverage, it, getting yeah, their it, it doesn't set a good example for uh, the younger people that are watching this game, and and it's it's sad, but uh, they had they had a legit awesome story about like Florida State's kicker during game day, and I think that might have been like the bright spot of the whole thing hmm. because he like seems like a good kid, and he like he's only missed like one extra point ever or something wow. like that. Um, but then they just they talked so much still about like Jameis Winston. It's just like he's not even playing. People just like shut up. <laughs> I like we're kind of tired. Like I almost talked about. I almost mentioned to you like an, another story that like he's in the news again this week about like money. Some, something. How? I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It has something to do with that ca- that case from before. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, and I just oh, don't yeah. like. It's every week it's something with him and i feel like it's i feel like this is what it was like last year with joy football like kind of yeah, it, yeah. The, every single week it was something about him and like needing to be front and center but you know they they florida state survives that game um and everyone was saying that if they had lost the game there would have been an asterisk around the you know, like next to it, like the playoff committee would have been like, "Oh, well, he wasn't playing, so we don't know." They if we still really wouldn't deserve that. to be really in the top four, then. Oh no, exactly. I mean, with the, I don't know. I, I again with the weaker in conference schedule that they play, um, they absolutely need those teams that they be out of conference to win. Absolutely, yeah. big time. Like they, they need. I think they need. What was it? They play Notre Dame, right? They do, yeah. They, do. They, they need Notre Dame to have a good season too. I think absolutely um, because uh, there are, there are other teams out there that are looking pretty impressed. Like I was pretty impressed with Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um, they are one of the four I, best. Like I think that uh, not not having their top running back and still being able to run the ball like that is pretty awesome. Like I think it's great. They might have one of the better offensive lines. So there are other teams out there that are looking all right. You know, Oregon didn't look good. I was gonna they say looked, like, looked awful. We had to mention um, that they weren't on our our lineup, but but escaping. Every, you know, yeah, every against, week that we talk about Florida State, we're, we're probably gonna mention those other teams in the top five. It just uh, Florida State barely escapes here. So, it's how many points do you think he would have been worth? Probably would have been worth like a couple touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, sure. But uh, I don't know. Again, it's like uh, I feel like. If they couldn't beat him, if they couldn't beat Florida State without him, how do they even have a chance when he's playing? Hmm. So that's a good point. Uh, I mean, you mentioned the Oregon game, escaping against Washington State. <sighs> yeah. Wow. 
Mm-hmm. It's it's college football. It's crazy. Miami of Florida at Nebraska minus seven and a half. Well, the Big Ten did something all right. There you go. Forty-one, thirty-one. Then again, Miami, Florida from the ACC, not that good. It's Amir Abdullah, uh, you know, the running back from Nebraska. He's he's making plays. Does Nebraska have to play Michigan State? Yes. Okay. Yes, they're in the the same we'll division. Figure out then if they can. Are they? In a shootout, Gosh, I, I should know yeah. the Big Ten, but I don't know. But it's like it's one of those things where again, Michigan or Nebraska is undefeated. So, I mean, they they might all look the best. They might be just barely winning games, but if they're winning their games, that's something, something to keep a watch on. Yeah. So Michigan State plays Nebraska next week. Not not this week, but next week. So then that maybe that game will get like game day if maybe yeah it, it's currently slated as it's in East Lansing it's a night game ABC so probably very, probably the game day game. probably the game day game for next week absolutely. I mean yeah uh, but then again I mean Michigan State's schedule so far has been Jacksonville State at Oregon home against Eastern Michigan and this week it's home against Wyoming. So you're not. So, so they'll be nice and healthy heading into that game, is what you're sure, saying? Sure, absolutely. But, but you know, uh, Nebraska is outside the division as mm-hmm. Michigan State. So uh, that'll be interesting. Um, that'll be a good one for sure. Still, it's a potential loss for Nebraska. So it's, it's true. It's true. Utah at Michigan was the extra point, minus three and a half. The storms opened up in Ann Arbor, kind of flooded the stadium a bit. Lightning postponed gameplay in the fourth quarter. Didn't matter. Michigan is terrible. God damn, this team is frustrating to watch. It it reaches a breaking point. This is worse than the Rich Rodriguez era right now. And I mean, it's early in the season, too, so that's the other thing that's... Oh, that's the thing they're preaching, and I, I get it, why they want to preach it, like, you know... No, I mean, like, I mean that it's, like, a bad thing. I, it's early I know, but, but the whole thing of what they're preaching right now in Ann Arbor is, oh, we gotta, gotta keep it together for the kids, you know, they're feeling frustrated as everyone else, and, you know, we gotta just give them a chance, I mean, we... The Big Ten season still has yet to start, you know, we're gonna... gonna we're a young team, we gotta keep things together... Notre Dame and Utah, the two decent competition teams that Michigan has faced. You know, outside of Appalachian State, outside of uh, Miami, Ohio. Zero touchdowns for the offense in both games combined. How do you do that? The yeah. one touchdown they got in this game. Yeah, the 31 nothing against Notre Dame, yeah, nobody scored. A field goal and a defensive, you know, seven-yard interception return for a touchdown. Oh, yeah, they're very, very good. That was their touchdown in this game. A 26-10 loss against Utah. Utah's not a bad team. Utah's not a great team. Utah is average at best in the Pac-12. It is so frustrating to watch this team, Joel. It's you. You've got to think that, like, at least maybe like with your old offense, that you would those games would have maybe been shootouts or something. Like well, that. here's the thing: the Rich Rodriguez era. His 
he was taking the program on an upswing. Yeah, it was slower than what you know the the boosters and whatnot wanted. He mm-hmm. did not mesh well with the Michigan culture, and that's eventually why he was let go. But slowly but surely, his program was on the upswing. And then, yeah, you have the athletes that he recruited, but Brady Hoke has now had you know, about four years. He's, his people should be in place. His players should be in place. And yet you have a quarterback who is not showing progress, continues to turn the ball over. Brady Hoke, the head coach, does not look like he has control of the team. He looks lost at times, and it's so frustrating. When you're having arguments with with your coordinators. I think you, you mentioned it before, but like... If you know, if you were to get fired this season, who do you think that they would look at? Well, we mentioned it last time. The dream is that things do not go well in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. That the differences with Jim Harbaugh and the general manager become too frayed. That you just throw all the money at Jim Harbaugh and pray that he bites and can rule Ann Arbor and just sit back with all of his money. Like, that's the dream. Because he's the one person who would instill fear in your rivals right now. And it shouldn't be said, it doesn't have to be said, but if Michigan does not beat Michigan State and Ohio State, which they likely will not, Brady Hoke has to be fired at the end of the year. Okay, well, and then, um, you know, I, I mentioned it to you earlier, but, like, the athletic, like, there was a, problem in the athletic administration where mm-hmm. a, like a silly promo got sent out which which kind of makes me wonder that if you know if something were to happen with like people in the athletic department would that even further the move for them to change football coaches like i mean i would hope that the athletic director dave brandon can go along with him mm-hmm. because I don't want to say, like, real Michigan fans or anything like that, but those who have a pulse on the program and are not just the the fan that just, you know, oh, we, we watch the football games and we don't care about anything else. If, like, if you understand, like, that program, like, he's the problem. The athletic director is the problem. Wanting to be in the film room with the coach, that's not mm-hmm. your place. Get the hell out of the film room, athletic director David Brandon. So I would hope that he would go as well mm-hmm. because there's uh, – I can't spend the whole episode talking about my frustrations with Michigan, though I probably could. Yeah. There's also something attached with this season, and uh, Michigan has had a streak for their home games. And the stadium can hold up to about like 109,000 and change is what they say, but then you know more people cram it. And so – Records in that stadium get up to like 113,000 fans. It's nuts. It's a blast to be in and it's crazy. But some of these games, especially in the out-of-conference with you know Miami and Utah, they had you know dipping down to like 102,000. Mm-hmm. And that's probably why you see things like it was a miscommunicated you know, deal or whatever. But seeing a picture pop up on social media for... Buy two Coke products and get two tickets to this week's Minnesota game? 
Are you kidding me? It's one of the lowest points I've had as an alum of the University of Michigan. It's yeah, it's not good branding. It's just it's it's a very well known brand too. That's the and it all comes down to the athletic director. Yeah, it's they're, they're the ones that handle that with the sports part. So so it was a mistake, uh, mm. though. Social media certainly did have their expense at it, and uh, apparently the tickets will be you know counted or whatever. Yeah. But it's it's the one thing like you don't want that streak of a hundred thousand plus home games, which goes back to the seventies. Mm-hmm. You don't want that breaking, but at the same time, where the hell is this program going? They need to wake up. You almost want David Brandon to be responsible in a way mm-hmm. for breaking that streak, just yeah. to get him out. I'm, I, I'm done. I, I, I'm yeah, sorry. I would say I'm, if there was if there was a change you know the head of the athletic department i think that would obviously move things ahead with changing things in the football program changing the culture, basketball program is fine it's fine, it's yeah. great it's a highlight uh, but the michigan football brand is what you know defines that yeah. university athletically i just and, it, until they get things back on track that's something that will probably get more focus it's awful. Like th- this is worse than the Rich Rod years, and it's kind of sad to think of it that way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, the in answer to your first question, the dream would be Jim Harbaugh. All right, I was uh, here. But I I doubt that would happen. So an Arizona State's coach was a name that's being thrown around just because he likes to move jobs so much, like mm-hmm. I was talking about last time. Yeah, it's it's always and he's, an he's an offensive genius, so. Always an adventure with that job whenever it, it pops up. So mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about Michigan anymore. They really frustrate the hell out of me, and it's it's not fun to watch them, which is the worst part. It's mm-hmm. not fun, and that sucks. Um, but let's talk NFL and the games that happened in that week. Uh, San Diego and Buffalo. Buffalo. Well, they you know were two and a half point favorites at home. They lose. San Diego looks pretty impressive, winning twenty-two to ten. Yeah, um, we don't know if that's just Buffalo or or <laughs> San Diego. So again, Buffalo looks much improved so far. So, oh yeah, maybe, uh, maybe that sure. does say a little bit more about them. Yep, yep. And Minnesota at New Orleans, minus ten and a half. New Orleans starts hot, uh-huh. kind of cools <laughs> off a little while. Matt Castle's now done for the year, injured reserve. Uh, then you have uh, T- Teddy Bridgewater come yeah. in. New Orleans wins by 11, so they do cover the spread. Not as impressive as you would have liked at they, home. Yeah, they just need to, they need to get some wins yeah. badly. Yeah. yeah, we'll see what happens this week for sure. Indianapolis at Jacksonville, plus 7. Yeah, it wasn't close. Indianapolis, 44-17. Oof. But then you get the start, start of the Blake Bortles era. Oh, so, yeah. You there get it is. Some of the rookie quarterbacks going. <laughs> He's starting this week. We'll see. Sorry, Chad Henney. Uh, More Michigan disappointments, man. You know, it wasn't a disappointment, though. That Super Bowl rematch with the Denver Broncos and Seattle Seahawks. Minus four and a half. Yeah. <laughs> take me through. You're watching the end of that game, right? Yeah. So take me through it. Um... Oh, no, wait, no, no, I didn't. Oh, you didn't? I because oh, I was watching it. it. No. I was watching it. That was a hell of an ending. 
No, yeah. I I still need it. I think I have it DVR'd. I gotta go watch some of it. Well, spoiler alert. You know, Seattle kicks the field goal. They're up eight. You know, Denver's been playing rather well in the second half, getting mm-hmm. a safety, uh, which was rather impressive. DeMarcus Ware looking fiendish on the end. And then a minute left. Peyton Manning, starting from the 20s, uh-huh. <laughs> just surgical precision. Gets the ball, you know, down the field. They need the two point conversion. Fantastic footwork in the back of the end zone. Tying the game. And then Seattle gets the ball, and Russell Wilson just wills them to a win. It was a great football game. So much better than the Super Bowl is what the Super Bowl needed to be. Yeah. And Seattle still covers the spread. 26-20 covering it's, the play. Uh, definitely, like I heard that it definitely had the feel of a playoff game. Yeah. Oh, it was great. It was great. And yeah, it shows you how good Denver is, but Seattle's still one of the best teams, if not the best team in the league. All right. Well... Hopefully they make it to the Super Bowl. Together. There you go. That would, that would that would look good for you, right? Uh, uh yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just want a good game. Yeah. <laughs> Pittsburgh uh, at Carolina minus three. Uh, Pittsburgh. Wow, that offense. Yeah, they uh, and not just not just throwing the ball, but running all over the place. It was like a. I think there was like a. I. You know what? Honestly, I didn't even watch this game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. But I heard there was like a like a eighty yard touchdown run or something like that. Wow! So, running backs looking good, um, offense getting back on track, and I I think it was kind of exactly what they need. They need to go on the road and just be dominant. Absolutely. And then Chicago at the New York Jets minus two and a half. Chicago wins twenty seven nineteen, and it's it's all about the turnovers and the quarterback position for the Jets. Uh, you know, Geno Smith, he's, he's trying to put it together. And you have Michael Vick being a good supportive teammate, not saying like, oh, give me the ball. You know, I want the job. But uh, Geno Smith has to learn not to turn the ball over in the National yeah. Football League. Mm-hmm. The possessions are even more valuable. Mm-hmm. Can't be putting up video game numbers like you could mm-hmm. in college. So I went 5-2. and two. For college football, that kind of takes some games back that I was woefully in the loss column, so that helps a bit. And I went four and two in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You went four and three in college football, five and one though in the NFL to counter your one and five last week. So there you go for those two weeks back. <laughs> it was a better week. <laughs> it was like a better week. It's like I didn't watch any games, but it was a better week. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's got to go with your gut. Like when we make predictions in the pick six here, and we start with week five of the college football season. Tennessee at Georgia, minus 17 at noon Eastern time. What do you got? I'm going with the Bulldogs. Mm. I, I, I think that... Uh, it doesn't really matter who's running the ball there because they showed that, you know, even if it isn't the default Todd Gurley, mm-hmm. they can run the ball. I mean, like all over teams. Um, you know, obviously the, the competition wasn't as good last week, but um looked really impressive. And I, I don't know. Here's the other thing. It's like I was thinking maybe before, like, after I watched Oklahoma play Tennessee, that Tennessee, uh, maybe they're okay. I don't think they're very good. <laughs> no. Um, I, I, I don't think I don't think they're going to be able to stop Georgia from running the ball. And I think if that's the case, it 
it could be a blowout. Yeah. So. No, I agree with you. I'm taking Georgia. 17 is a lot. It's at home. It's at it, home, too. It's exactly. Yeah. It's at home. And that running attack is not going to slow down. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, give me the Bulldogs. Arkansas against Texas A&M. Not at. It's in Arlington. It's the Jerry, Jerry World. <laughs> Minus 8.5 in favor of the Aggies at 3.30 p.m. Eastern. I will take Texas A&M. I think they're ready for the big competition. Arkansas, yeah, they're a team that is going to have a big running attack. Now, the defense is going to be tested against Texas A&M, but I think it's that offensive attack that should A&M get rolling, I think the offense will have no problem covering the 8.5-point spread, even the Aggies. So, both of these teams in the top five in offense in the country. Did you know that? Wow, did not know that. Yeah, like, we probably expected Texas A&M, but Arkansas just running the ball at like i mean i think they ran the ball almost 70 times or something like against uh texas or texas tech i think Mm -hmm. and you know just killed them um the uh this i think the spread initially like earlier this week was like 16 points or something so it dropped a lot um the i you know i think i think jerry probably had something to do with that he (laughs) probably put some money out there um, I mean, but, uh, his alma mater. Yeah, um, he he really puts on a show for them. Um, I think I'm still going to take Texas A&M. Here's mm-hmm. my thing: if if Arkansas gets in like third and eight, like I'm not really sure they have the playmakers at receiver to convert that. Mm, yeah. So I think this game, like the first half, it could be like you know left and right, like just touchdown, 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 back and forth. Um, but Texas A&M has the players to move the ball in any situation, I mm. think. I think they can run the ball, but they, I mean, clearly they can throw the ball wherever they want. Um, I, I, you know, I don't think that, I don't think Arkansas can keep up with them in the end. And so that's, that's the reason where like, maybe, maybe it is closer than eight and a half and Texas A&M stacks on a touchdown at the end of the game, like just a long bomb or something like that. They, they can do that. So that's the reason I'm going with them. Hmm. Here we go. Battle for the little brown jug. Minnesota at Michigan. Minus 11 and a half, 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. Where is your head at with the Michigan football program, Okay, Joel? well... So what I'm what I tried to look into is who Minnesota has played, and mm. um, the one like actual decent team they played was TCU, and I mean I think they got crushed thirty yeah. seven something like that. But uh, again, like we just we don't. I have no idea about Michigan right now. Just just kind of like you, like I'm kind of how in the world, you know? There's there's got to be talent on the offensive side of the ball how are they not scoring more than that amount of points is just beyond thinkable i think Mm -hmm. that should not happen especially when you have a quarterback there who has done things like that before In, in past seasons he has played much better than he is now yeah um so it it's just kind of like what in the world are they doing on offense uh it it if if they couldn't figure it out to this point in the season, I don't know when exactly they're going to figure it out. Um, so I again, 
I think it's going to be a close game. So I, I will take I will take Minnesota because I think even if Michigan wins, I think it's going to be closer than that. I think you and I are kind of in the the same place on that. I mean, this loss against Utah is a low for Michigan football, and it's not to say that like you know Utah is a bad team, whatever. It's just the way they lost on top of the Notre Dame loss. And if they lose to Minnesota, bury that trench even deeper. Because Michigan has beaten Minnesota for like 22 of the past 23 times. And the one time they did lose, it was this this crazy fluky game that I still remember terribly. Uh, I was watching and like, it was marching band and taking a break and watching on TV as it just falls apart that they give up this long, long touchdown. Oh my goodness. But if they do lose on top of these other games, it would it'd be miserable. Yeah. You, you, can't, you can't make up these games. Just every time you lose one... And it, it's the start of the Big Ten the season. Se- the season is over quicker when you lose games. So. Bad, yeah, start of the Big Ten season... Make it happen. Um, you got to make a bowl game. You got to. Yeah. I mean, no, that's what I'm saying. The coaching staff, they need to make a bowl game. The coaching mm-hmm. staff needs to make a bowl game. Oh, yeah. They're already on the hot seat. So, Like you, I believe Michigan likely wins, but it will be close. Less than a touchdown. In the spread, give me Minnesota. That really hurts to say as a Michigan alum, but goddamn. It's it's painful right now. Stanford at Washington plus seven and a half. I'm gonna take Washington. I think you know Stanford. You know has had some of these these closer games, some tougher games. I think going into Washington, I think it's gonna be a close one. Again, yeah, Stanford may win, but in a little upset special, I'm gonna take Washington to at least keep it close. That seven and a half at four. T- uh, four, fifteen p.m. Eastern Time. All right. Again, haven't really watched much Washington, but um, so they beat Hawaii by one point their first game. Uh, they they beat Eastern Washington by seven, fifty nine to fifty two. Hmm. Um, they, they, I mean they stomped Illinois. They did. Um, and then um, they, they they beat up on Georgia State. So, I, what do you? I don't really know what to say about them from those games. That's mm-hmm. like, like I honestly would have to watch the games to know like, is this team all right or not? They're undefeated, but uh, obviously haven't played the the best competition, and then had I mean extremely close games against teams that that. They it should not be that close at all. Mm. Um, so, and it's like the Hawaii score and then the Eastern Washington score. What in the world? Like, <laughs> those are like so much different close games. Um, but he, you know, Peterson has them winning. Um, they have the game at home. Uh, it's a, a it's an afternoon game now. That I think. Uh, it's an afternoon game, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like a night yep. game or anything. I know a lot more about Stanford than I know about them, just from what I've seen of Stanford this year. Um, and like, though Stanford does not have the best offense, I mean, it's nothing close to what they've had in the past. 
they still have a really good defense. Mm. And until and you know until Washington comes out and beats Stanford in this game, I you know, like I we can talk forever about the past what four or five years how Washington has covered that spread and even yeah. beat them. <laughs> blah blah blah. Everyone wants to talk about that. I, I know more about Stanford. I'm just that's why I'm going to go with Stanford. Fair I, I know it's a away game, but you know it's not at night. So, Big Twelve matchup: Baylor at Iowa State, plus twenty one at eight p.m. Eastern Time on Fox. Let's see. Iowa State beat Iowa, and last week I think Iowa came back and beat Pitt. Um, thus the transitive property but, says. Yeah. But Iowa State didn't. They lost to North Dakota State, right? Yes. At the beginning of the season, who again? I mean, they could probably beat a few. They could probably beat a few teams out there themselves. <laughs> but I mean, I, I still think it's one of those games where you, Baylor kind of does whatever they want on offense. Um. So I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll take them by like. I think maybe they could cover like twenty eight against them or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see them on the road. Uh, that's for sure in a conference matchup, and Iowa they're still State, top five offense. So. Oh yeah, Iowa State's been you know they've been spunky, mm-hmm. but I think yeah Baylor rolls uh, Bryce Petty through the air. Uh, this team Baylor Bears right now through these weeks in the season ranked number one in points for with fifty nine point three points per game. Yeah, give me them to cover that twenty one. I, I think that I think that you know like when. Like when we play Baylor, when Oklahoma State plays Baylor, when Oklahoma plays Baylor, I think those games could all be like insane. Hmm. Like just the ball is flying all over. Back and forth, back and forth. (laughs) Notre Dame versus Syracuse, plus 12. It's in East Rutherford, New Jersey at MetLife Stadium. I'll take Notre Dame uh, to cover the 12. Would not surprise me, though, if Syracuse maybe even pulls an upset. Yeah, I feel it like they're seems very like a trap sneaky. game. They're very sneaky. Yeah. Like, um like I didn't get I didn't get to watch them until last week. And at least for a while, like they were giving Maryland tough now, obviously Maryland eventually just destroyed them. But yeah. um like for a while like I their their quarterback's he's a really big guy, but he can run. Um mm. and uh I don't know, it, I feel like it's one of those games where Notre Dame might get that cover in the fourth quarter. Like, it might be close for a while, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm still going to take Notre Dame. Yeah. Extra point, if you need it, Florida State at NC State, plus 19.5. Wolfpack are big underdogs at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. What do you think on this one? <laughs> the return of the distraction. <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, I mean, uh, if, you know, if they could still beat Clemson without their quarterback, I, I think that they could probably cover this point spread with him. So, um, prob- probably won't be too exciting to watch. But then again, I, I think that out of, like, all the teams in the ACC, NC State in the past couple of years has been the only one to, like, consistently upset Florida State. So. I was going to say, I think they might have been like the last team, because you know, they went undefeated last year, but I think the year before that, I think NC State was on the pulled the upset. Yeah, it was like some really weird game where they threw the ball like 80 times mm-hmm. against them or something. 
That's why I think it keeps closer. I'm going to go with NC State to stop Florida State from covering that spread. Because you're going now on the road after a tough game against Clemson. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you're going to have Florida State probably winning. But I think it might be a little closer than 19.5. So I'm going to take NC State. I I would like to see Florida State play like a Pac-12 schedule or SEC schedule or Big 12 schedule. Like I, I'd like to see like what what they could do in those conferences. Maybe when the uh, the four conference superpower eventually <laughs> happens, maybe you'll get that. In the NFL, we start with Green Bay at Chicago plus one and a half. Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. I'm going to take Chicago. I like how they've been playing lately. And Green Bay against Detroit last week did not look good. Though, i got to say, Stephen Tullock, middle linebacker of the Detroit Lions, tries to do this like jump pelvic thrust oh, celebration no. with the discount double check. ACL ruined, injured reserve. Only the Detroit Lions would have one of their best starting defensive players Injure himself for the season celebrating a sack. Are you kidding me? It's frustrating to be a football fan in the state of Michigan. Good God. Anyway, Chicago, I think they they cover the spread at home. And, you know, Green Bay even favored by a point and a half. I'd say take me Chicago for the win. Uh... I think... I'll just go... I'll go with Green Bay... To be different, and uh, I think, kind of feel like they're due to break out, at least for a game like in division, that kind of thing. Aaron Rodgers telling fans relax. We'll see how that goes. I think it'll. Be, I still think it'll be close though, mm. at least for a while. So. Oh yeah, I mean one point, one and a half. It's almost like a pick 'em in the NFL. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Carolina at Baltimore minus three at one p.m. I think I'm good with Baltimore. Um, you know, they, they've looked pretty consistent over the past couple of weeks. They're at home, and uh, I don't know. I just I wasn't very impressed with what what I saw of Carolina's rush defense too mm-hmm. this past week. So I think if they can't even stop the run, like what are they gonna do? Like play action, that kind of stuff. So I think I'll take the Ravens at home. Yeah, and I it's part part of that, and I think you know Carolina going on the road. Is going to be a big test for them as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Baltimore has been very resilient despite all of this, you know, drama surrounding them, and I, I like them to take the three. Uh, give me the Ravens. No, Carolina. If you want to win, go. You're welcome. Go ahead and win that game. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> That's funny. Detroit Lions at the New York Jets plus one, more or less. You know, we were saying to pick them at one p.m. Eastern time, and I'll take the Lions. I know. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I said with Carolina, you know, show me a Lions game that they can win on the road. Mm-hmm. But with the way the Jets are playing, I could see a Lions victory. I know it's going to be a tough defense, and that was just the same way with Carolina. But I think I got a feeling about this week. I think the Lions are going to take care of business against the Jets. Yeah, I think it's like, again, and it's all about like forcing Gino Smith into making bad decisions um, mm-hmm. on offense. If if they can stop the run and force the Jets to pass to beat them, then I think you could get in that situation where just Detroit will just be able to outscore them if it comes to that. So Yeah, that line is defensive line. That is a strength for them, absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
Philadelphia Eagles at San Francisco 49ers, minus 5.5 at 425. Sounds like a big spread for the Niners at yeah. home. What do you think? Um, I'm going to, I mean, I'll go with the Niners. They've, they've, I mean, the, the team, the teams that I still can't get like that first week out of my head where they just, that, that game was not even as close mm, as the yeah. score indicated. It was like a joke. Um, I, I, you know, they look good. It's, it's one of those things where, uh, I don't know. I feel like them i feel like that's a very underrated home field advantage hmm. um maybe that i mean it's probably more just the niners are really good <laughs> um but uh i i think they can cover a touchdown I, I don't think that's too much to say like i think that's all right i think i think i can do that Interesting. I feel a little shaky on the Niners. And maybe it's that hope, that Michigan hope in me that, well, things aren't going to work out. Jim Harbaugh, <laughs> come back home. <laughs> come back to the alma mater. They looked beatable against Arizona last week. Now, maybe that's because Arizona's better than we give them credit for. And that's possible. Uh, at the same time, though, you know, the first time they had that game at home in this new stadium in Santa wherever not san francisco <laughs> they they i think they lost that one so i'm going to take philadelphia oh, stadium, yeah. i'm going to take philadelphia in this game and uh, you know nick Foles. it was quite the game you know last week with kirk cousins mm-hmm. but the offense and the high speed there in you know can't really count philadelphia out when it comes to making a comeback that's for sure mm-hmm. uh at least to keep it close and the spread, and maybe even for the win, I'm going to take the Eagles. All right. New Orleans Saints at Dallas Cowboys, plus three, the Sunday night football game. I'll take the Saints. They need those wins. Uh, the Dallas defense, I do not trust against a Drew Brees passing attack. And wow, did Dallas get lucky last week. Yeah, the 21-point comeback, say what you will. That was against St. Louis. That was against a third-string backup quarterback. Are you kidding me? I don't know if you can start taking much stock in that Cowboy win, 21 points or not. Yeah, New Orleans has not looked very impressive so far, but if I have them as my Super Bowl pick, they got to start putting the wins together, so give me the Saints. If there's a, if there's a coach that gets up for the Dallas game, mm. <laughs> I think you found him right here. <laughs> I, I think that it'll be one of those games. I think this will be the first time where we see that explosive offense from the saints i I think this is where they actually break like 30 something like that um and uh, again it might not even be just new orleans getting things back on track more than just uh dallas like what dallas just can't (laughs) all right uh yeah monday night game um hmm. new england patriots Kansas City Chiefs, plus three and a half. I know how I want this game to go, but uh, it's not going to happen. Um, I, I think New England can uh, can cover this spread. It's three and a half. Um, it's just Kansas City. It's like, again, it's like every year when I think they're going to 
be all right, and then just injuries. Mm. Oh. It's okay, Joel. I have the faith. <laughs> I'm picking Kansas City. All right. <laughs> I know it's stupid because anytime that happens, New England's going to just crush them. But New England has not looked that good. I mean, yeah. what, the Raiders? And they only win with like a touchdown, 10 points maybe? The Raiders. I'm a little shaky on New England. Like, well, it's should... like any time that I doubt New England, they always come out and like blow out a well, team. Well, I'm saying, yeah, it's, I'm sure that's bound to happen. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm dipping my toes in that water of New England is struggling. <laughs> yeah. Struggling. It's, One it's not, more time. It's not always the safest bet, nope. but it's, nope. it's good to be hopeful. Hopeful I am. Give me the Chiefs. All right, so those Ooh, are our games. Let them to make it to the playoffs. <laughs> exactly, they're gonna, they're gonna win. So those are our picks this week. We'll see how the NFL continues to just stumble along in the the PR department. We'll have baseball playoffs. That's exciting, and uh, I think next week we're gonna have maybe our quick little basketball and hockey preseason talk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I know we got a. An Arizona fan out there, mm-hmm. or the Arizona Wildcats. That Hail Mary. Did you, did you see that ending? Yeah. He just threw it straight to him. Well, it was in the back of the end, though. That was some decent coverage. I, well, yeah, but it was just like, how how in the world? Like, it, it wasn't one of those things where, like, usually when you see something like that, maybe the ball bounces up in the air, like somebody's hands are like at the highest point of like a group of people he was just kind of like right there like it seemed like he was more open than he should be at that point i don't know oh you mean almost like how espn loved to remind twitter and other social media followers how 20 years ago was the cordell stewart hail mary colorado (laughs) against michigan like, Michigan hasn't gone through enough. <laughs> it's like the theme for this episode. Michigan football, football in the state of Michigan. Well, at least, at least the Spartans are doing something. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Mm. Sucks. Mm. On that note, with that, I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. We hope you enjoy the week in sports.